Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook. Good morning. Good morning. I am Michael Oliver. I am the Devarty Chaplain and lead pastor of Chapel Next. I'm sorry I wasn't with y'all last weekend. I understand everybody had a great time who went to the Corkin Center. And, and Chaplain McCary taught on the lost sheep and did a great job. Today we're going to continue our sermon series on the parables of Jesus. Uh, just a little war note, I don't have my clicker today, so I'm going to be saying next slide. I know that's distraction, so please forgive me, but next slide. This morning we're going to be looking at the parable on the workers in the vineyard, which can be found in Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. This parable was written, obviously, by God through the Apostle Matthew, and Matthew is witnessing Jesus' teaching. And Jesus teaches on the kingdom of heaven by using this parable. It's very relevant to you and I because ultimately shows who's... And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. Next slide. Next slide, please. So they went out, going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, go, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. Next slide. And when those hired, when those hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. And when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, the last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. Next slide. But he replied to one of them, friend, am I doing you no wrong? Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and, go, uh, you and go. I chose to give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generous, generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Let's pray. Father God, as we continue to worship by diving into your scripture, I pray that you would take away any of the distractions. I pray that we would realize that we are in your presence, that Jesus is here, that the Holy Spirit is here. Father, I pray that we would be changed by your word. Protect me from preaching and teaching anything that is not your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You and I have a dilemma. And that is, 
we're Americans. Now you might be saying, well, wait, 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 how's that a dilemma? You know, being Americans is a great thing, and it is. But here's the dilemma. We view things from a representative democratic perspective, do we not? You know, we have our side, don't tread on me. We're independent. Next slide. But the challenge is the kingdom of God is not a democracy. It's not a republic. You see in the first picture up there, you have a picture from ancient Greece in Athens, the birthplace of democracy, where every single person had an equal vote. Right? And then you fast forward in time, and when our founding fathers create our country, they did so with democratic principles and they created a republic, which is a representative democracy as shown in the picture there from the picture of the House of Representatives. You know, most of us in this room are serving or have a loved ones who serve, and I bet you if you pricked us, we bleed red, white, and blue. But the kingdom of God is a different matter. Next slide. The main point of this sermon, my friends, is this. God is sovereign over his kingdom. God has absolute, 100% control and rule over his kingdom. Next slide. And we're going to look at three areas from this parable. We're going to look at the, the perspective of the workers. We're going to look at the perspective of God. And then finally, we're going to apply the applications of this parable to our lives. So let's look at the first area, the perspective of the workers. Next slide. All right, next slide. Here are the facts. Next slide. First of all, the facts in this parable, we saw that it was a long working day. If you did the math between all the different verses, you'll realize they worked 12 hours out in the field, in the vineyard. All right, next slide. Another fact is, here are the hours worked. If you notice, the master of the house throughout the day went and got different people to work. So some people worked 12 hours the full day. Some people worked nine. Some people worked six. Some people worked three. And some people were lucky enough, depending on your viewpoint, to only have to work one hour. So you have these five different sets of people who were working in the vineyards. Next slide. And the payment they all received was one denarius. Now, denarius was one of the, the currency in biblical times, and it was equal to a loaf of bread. It was the average payment for working in the fields during biblical times. Now, you may think a loaf of bread, that's pretty cheap. But in the time, we're viewing it from our perspective. A loaf of bread in biblical times is huge. It's like inviting you to come over and I just ordered 20 Domino's pizzas, all right? But maybe you're sitting there going, you know, I just, I can't wrap around that wage. So let's break it down American style. Next slide. You got a Georgia farmer. Georgia farmer, average pay is $12.25 an hour, all right? So if you do follow this, par this parable and apply it, here's what they work. For those who work 12 hours, they should have made 146 bucks. For those who came later and worked nine hours, you can see it's $110.25. Six hours, 
three hours, $36.75. And finally, if you only work an hour in the field in Georgia, you can expect to make $12.25. I don't know about you, but for me, this is easier to grasp than a loaf of bread. All right? So next slide. So what's the issue? The issues the workers are having is fairness. Put yourself in the shoes of the worker. If you work 12 hours that day, do you really expect to make the same who only, of someone who only worked for an hour? It's not fair. Where's the justice, right? Next slide. So put in perspective, the people who only worked an hour got 146 bucks. So if you work 12 hours, what would you assume? Next slide. I would assume this. Well, if the folks who only worked an hour got 146 bucks, takes 146 times 12, I should make, because it's fair, $1,752 for that day. Does that make sense to everyone? But that's not what happens in this parable. Next slide. We got to look at it from the God's perspective. Next slide. God's sovereignty, meaning his righteous rule. Look again at verses 13 and 14. It says this. But he replied to one of them, meaning the master of the house, who is God in this parable, Friend, am I doing you no wrong? Did you not agree to work for me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. Here's the key phrase. I chose to give to this last worker as I give to you. You see this, the master of the vineyard, he's saying, I can do what I want. That's God's perspective. God is God. He can do whatever he wants. Does everybody get that? All right, next slide. Not only the, God's perspective is he have righteous rule, well, what does he have righteous rule over? Will his kingdom, look at verse 1. Starts at the beginning. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of the house. It's his kingdom. He is sovereign over his kingdom, and we know that God's kingdom is everything, including you and me. Everything in this universe, seen and unseen, he created. It's his kingdom. It's his. Next slide. Not only do we see his sovereignty and we see his kingdom, but we see his grace. Verse 15 and 16. Am I not, this is the master of the house speaking to the disgruntled worker, Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the first will be last, and the last shall be first. Friends, we've, we preach and talk about this a lot. What is grace? That's not rhetorical. What is grace? Unmerited favor. It's unmerited. None of us deserve it. So is one person get more grace than the others? Grace is grace. Grace is grace. It's unmerited favor. None of us deserve it. 
It's God's grace. So from the perspective of God in this parable, we see that he has righteous rule over everything. It's his kingdom. He owns everything. And what he chooses to do with us is his grace. It's his business. Next slide. All right, this looks weird, but this is to prompt me. Everybody close your eyes for a second. I'm going to go Baptist on you, and I'm not Baptist. All right? Everybody close your eyes for a second. Visualize who you think was the most evil person in all of history. Don't put Satan. That's easy. Visualize just the most evil person of all of history. I don't know this, but what if God chooses to redeem that person and that person is now in glory? Does it kind of make you mad? Like, where's the fairness? All right, let's bring it closer home. Visualize the person in your life who has hurt you the most, whether emotionally or physically. And let's just assume for the sake of argument, they're not a believer. But if God chooses to give his grace to that person, then that person is forever in his kingdom. Does that seem fair to you? Okay, open up your eyes. The reason I had you do that is because we say grace all the time. Oh, he, he's gracious. Look at that gracious ice skater or ballet dancer. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is exercise on those who cannot save themselves. Although those people you visualize probably are evil with the capital E, Scripture tells us outside of Christ, so are you and so am I. God can do whatever he wants to with his grace. Next slide. So let's look at the parable applications. What do, what do we bottom line get out of this parable? Next slide. First point is this. God is God and you are not God. You're thinking, thanks, Captain Obvious. But it's true. Think about it. What's the root of sin? The root of sin is we want to be God. We want to be in control. We want to say who's in and say who's not out. I want God is gracious. You know, when someone else screws up, we want justice. But when we screw up, we want grace. Right? God is God and you are not God. One of the biggest things I could have done for myself years ago was to quit pretending like I have control over things. You're not God. Get off the throne. It's not yours. Next slide. God has rule over everything. Over everything. You don't. And I don't. God made the sun rise this morning. God is allowing you to breathe. God gave you your spouse, gave you your children. God gave you your career in the military. God has rule over everything. You don't. Next slide. God's kingdom is not a democracy and it's not a republic. It's a kingdom. You know, years ago, R.C. Sproul talked about the English missionary in the 60s who came to be an evangelist in our culture. And he went to some of the museums 
in Philadelphia, and he saw some of the literature when the, our nation was born, and our, the literature said, we serve no sovereign here. Well, obviously, at the time referring to the monarch in England, correct? But this English person is thinking, well, if they're so adamant about not serving a, uh, serving a sovereign, how are they going to serve God? It's his kingdom. It's his kingdom. Next slide. So the next point of application, God is king. Respect this reality. He's king. If you're really honest, and if I'm really honest, lots of times we view God as this big old Santa Claus in the sky. When we give him, when he gives us his blessing and we get things, we're like, praise Jesus. But then, Scripture also says he's going to make the rain fall on the righteous. The rain's going to also, we're going to, as believers, go through hard time. And then all of a sudden we're like, why is God doing this to me? If you're really honest, is that not our first reaction? And that's where you have to realize, he's king, you're not. It's his kingdom. It's not yours. You don't have a vote on what God does and doesn't do. He does and does what he does because he's God. Now, I'm being really harsh to make my point. He loves you enough to send his only son to die for you. All right, so don't forget that reality. But he's king. Respect this reality. So the real question you have to ask yourself is this. Next slide. Are you in the kingdom? Are you in the kingdom? If you believe in Jesus Christ, that he's your savior, congratulations, guess what? You're in the kingdom. If you, right now, aren't sure about that reality, I want to encourage you to accept that reality so that you're in the kingdom. And let me tell you what kind of kingdom this is. It's a kingdom where you, although you deserve and I deserve because of our sin never to be in this kingdom, we forever are God's adopted children? And scripture tells us in Romans, co-heirs with Christ. If you believe in Jesus in this room, you are a prince or a princess to this kingdom. Amen? It's a good kingdom. I encourage you to be a part of it. Next slide. So what have we seen here today, friends? We've seen that God is sovereign over his kingdom, meaning God is control over everything. And the perspective of the workers, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's God who dispenses grace. We view things, well, if, if you work 12 hours versus the one who worked one, shouldn't you get more? And the point of that is not the fairness of the wages. The point of this parable is who's in control of giving the wages. And that is, it's God. He is sovereign over everything. It's his kingdom. He can dispense grace on who he wants to. And the takeaways for you and I is, we're not God. If I was God, it would be a very, very vindictive and boring world. I'm so glad I'm not God. God is God, you're not. God has rule over everything, you don't. God's kingdom is not a republic, it's not a democracy, it's a kingdom. Do you view God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as king? Not as a celestial Santa Claus, not as a good idea fairy, but as king. And the most important question, are you in the kingdom?
You know, when I look at the Old Testament, as far as truly understanding their identity and understanding a view of a kingdom, next slide, I think of the prophet Moses. Think about Moses' life. Early on, you know, his group of people, the Jews, the Hebrews, were under trial, so his mother slipped him off into the Nile, and then next thing you know, who picks him up? Pharaoh's family, right? And they adopt him in, right? And he becomes a prince of Egypt, which is like the, the Trump family of that time, right? All this money, and not in want of anything, it's just great. And then fast forward in time, he, he has a kingdom perspective, but then he realizes, whoa, I'm not part of this kingdom. And so he renounces being part of Egypt. And he truly becomes a Jew. He becomes a shepherd guy. But then God intervenes and says, let me show you the kingdom with the capital K. And becomes a prophet for that kingdom. The challenge for you and me, my friends, is this. The challenge is for us to realize God's in his kingdom. He's ruling. And are you a part of this kingdom or not? And if you are, hallelujah. And if you're not, I encourage you, do not leave today before you go to the connections table and talk to one of us chaplains because we want to talk to you about how you can get in this kingdom. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for the parables. Thank you how you give us your truth through illustrations that Jesus taught us. And Father, we pray that we would be so grateful that we're in your kingdom. And Father, for anyone in this room who's not in your kingdom, I pray that you would use today to draw them to yourself in relationship so that they can forever be with you and your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook.